chapter twenty of a superfluous woman by emma francis brooke this librivox recording is in the public domain read by bruce peary old rory mcgillivray sitting in the nook by the kitchen hearth fancied that his dim eyes caught sight of the fluttering of a woman's garment past the window the rain beat slantwise across the smoke-stained pane but he had an impression that with the rain the wind had puffed some loose grey streamer over the blurred outlines and mist-washed shapes of the mountains it made him stare and open his mouth wider and turn his head and his ear in an endeavour to supplement one failing sense by the failing power of another then the idea of the fluttering shawl touched some association and he sat thinking of it his mouth still open and his eyes perusing the smouldering peats on the hearth upon which in comfortless fashion through the open chimney grimy raindrops fell in frequent spurts his old wife a plaid about her shoulders and an umbrella or rather a blue roof in her hand had set out at an early hour on a five-mile walk to the merchants that is to the store of the universal provider of the place an emporium warranted to supply all human wants from curling irons down to a hayperth of treacle in addition to which large enterprise the merchant had undertaken to manage the post-office necessities for ten miles round those who possessed their souls in patience were really likely to get their needs supplied at the shop for it was well stocked but the drawback of a monopoly is to breed an indifference of spirit which rebels against the routine involved in business habits so that the customer arriving hot and breathless from a long and burdened peregrination over the hills was as likely as not to discover the postmaster and manager nodding in the back parlour in a hopelessly bewhiskied slumber while a slow and confused boy pottered over the post-office business from which no entreaty could seduce him and the girl engaged in farm work at the back would peep in to acquaint herself with the customer and ten to one would disappear again with a final air old rory therefore from prolonged experience did not expect the return of his wife for hours to come as for colin he was attending the sale of corn with john mackenzie so that the old man's mind roused to momentary attention trotted off again tranquilly to fifty years ago when the things that happened had not so dim and vague an air and when the fluttering of a shawl by no means belonging to the present mrs mcgillivray had been an incident of consequence the world was not so good as it had been old rory frequently remarked events had little interest whisky it is true retained its fascination and while his eyes twinkled at the peats in the delights of disreputable reminiscence his old hand sought at the shelf by his side there is reason to believe that the old fellow had been left at home alone on parole for mrs mcgillivray held it a disgrace to be drunken at the third hour of the day nevertheless his fingers were just nearing the recess where the whisky bottle stood when a knock came at the door 
old rory's hand was jerked down by frightened conscience much as the hand of a child is snatched back from forbidden sweetmeats and he stared hard at the direction of the sound it came back again then he felt for his staff and slowly raised himself showing as he stood up on the kitchen floor a not inconsiderable height and went to the outside door and opened it a little figure in gray stood there at the sight of which he jerked his head forward in an attempt to surprise his senses into grasping its full meaning and then lifting himself to as erect a posture as possible made the salute of the peasant he did not in the least recognize in jessamine the mackenzie's farm help of whom he had heard much but he did recognize the air of a great lady is mr colin mcgilvery at home asked jessamine who knew very well that he was not no ma'am colin is away he went west this mornin and he was taken the horse and cart will he return soon i'm thinkin ma'am that he will be back this evenin he was goin to a sale of corn with john mackenzie him and john will be great friends ye see i am sorry not to find him in it rains fast it's a very bad mornin whatever will ye come in ma'am and rest ye a while thank you jessamine stepped forward without alacrity she had been gazing at old rory's face with fascinated interest and yet with horror it was so fine and yet so grotesque the civilization faintly veneered over the obvious barbarism his features were of the scandinavian type the racial markings still as pronounced as in the age when the viking harried the coasts the upper classes pare away the traces of their ancestry the rustic peasant startles the fastidious by retaining them unmodified moreover besides his wild though grand tribal features old rory was not clean nor were his manners pleasant his corduroy clothes were greasy and his woolen shirt was open revealing a shaggy breast the course of ages and the surrounding of a gentle-mannered people had as it were trimmed the claws of the ogre old rory was incapable of cruelty he was hospitable and had a strong sense of personal dignity he possessed with this a conservative though independent respect for the laird and the great world of which he knew nothing he believed in the election of the saints and had no doubt of his own salvation and though his youth had been somewhat tinctured with the disreputable element and in the matter of whusky he was still an impenitent on the whole he was reckoned among the highly respectable members of society but then culture had given but the hastiest daub to his once splendid animal physique of all that manifold limitation in air speech gesture which we call good manners and which is woven out of an inherited and acquired knowledge of that which is pleasant or unpleasant to our fellows he knew nothing the unlimited and the dubious render intercourse impossible 
disparity of manner is as disparity of race an incalculable thing jessamine therefore followed old rory with trembling she would have shivered to have followed a red indian into his wigwam or a zulu into his crawl or an amiable gorilla up his tree and her sensations were not materially different now still she was resolved he was colin's father may i see your kitchen asked she as old rory turned to the room on the left to which colin had ushered her on her first visit to dolfaber oh yes ma'am answered rory it will just not be cleaned up the morn you see but ye can come in and welcome he opened the door into the kitchen where he had just been sitting it was a square room with low wooden rafters and the rafters and ceiling were black with smoke the floor was of stone and so was the hearth this last was simply a flat surface raised two or three inches and extending across the room the arch of the chimney hung above it and was simply an immense cavernous aperture the size of a small room which without diminution in its proportions opened to the sky the shelterless nature of such a contrivance was exemplified now by the dribbles of wet which came down upon the soot-covered wall and fell about the hearth old mcgillivray however evidently regarded his chimney as a show he beckoned jessamine to approach the hearth and to look up she did so and saw four stone walls festooned with soot above them a gray sky across which trails of rain-cloud swept a thin spiral of smoke was whirling about toward the top in momentary indecision whether to rise or descend surely said jessamine you are smothered with smoke on windy days oh ay answered old rory we will just be smothered you see the vent's too large you see the smoke blows down back into the room and that makes the rafters black and you see it will be very cold in the winter time but added he we are used to it his smoke-ingrained skin well testified that time had lent the clemency of habit as for the rest of the room there were good presses against the wall there was a table a wooden bench and a chair or two shelves with pots and pans and an indescribable piece of furniture which jessamine suspected to be a bed will your highness like to see the other room asked old rory throwing in a title which he judged commensurate with his guest's distinguished air thank you said jessamine unwilling to confess to a former visit we live mostly in the kitchen you see for comfort explained old rory but we have the parlor and he led the way to the other well-remembered room there was the bed in the alcove the clothes tossed aside as colin had left them that morning a couple of tables a few chairs a rifle leaning against the wall a small looking-glass for colin was something of a dandy one or two books a vase or two upon the mantelpiece and a small ordinary grate the floor was without drugget but everything was neat and orderly 
this will be the parlour ma'am and that will be colin's bed colin sleeps here ma'am this will be his rifle for colin was joinin the volunteers you see colin is your only son colin will be our only son ma'am he will be havin the farm after me here old rory assumed a confidential air and approached close to jessamine who felt exceedingly alarmed nor was she at all encouraged by the laying of his hand upon her shoulder he will be a solid man ye see ma'am with money at the bank i'm tellin ye this ma'am not to boast but that ye may just know that colin will be somethin he was ever a very quiet lad with his words you live very simply said jessamine edging back nervously from the old peasant's confidences oh ay vera simple just porridge and potatoes with a kepper now and then and milk that will be it a very good diet ye see folks will be overheating themselves with meat oh ay i'm often saying that porridge is the finest diet in the world jessamine smiled not even the terrible presence of old rory could quite overshadow the wistful strangeness in her heart at standing in the room of the man she loved she leaned against the window-frame looking out upon his beloved landscape and ineffectually envying his austerity and simplicity ye must excuse me ma'am said old rory seeing that she made no answer if i am not speaking the english right ye see i'm not vera good at the english oh said jessamine do you speak gaelic oh ay we will just be talking with gaelic at home i can go into more things in the gaelic i must ever be looking for my words in the english your highness will understand jessamine looked up quickly a pink spot in either cheek do not call me your highness i am the mackenzie's farm help at drynock old rory's jaw dropped at this information his mind had a long way to travel from the title of his invention to the simplicity of jessamine's claim and her aspect belied her words at last while she rather tremulously watched him the bewilderment passed from his face he made an emphatic gesture with his hand bringing it down to his side with a slap oh weel said he oh weel the farm help at mackenzie's it's come on me of a suddenty dear 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 i'm no very good with my eyes and i was taken ye for a grand leddy ay but ye are bonny i'm not so blind but i can see that ye are bonny lads will let ye know it i'm thinkin and ye'll be trailin a good few at your heels ay i was hearin of ye a bonny wee lassie at mackenzie's but ye'll no be much hand at the workin i am strong i can do as much as most mrs mackenzie thinks i have learned a good deal said jessamine feeling rather like one who has swept down all defences with his own hand ay ye will just be learnin so as ye can manage your own farm i'm thinkin he turned rather a cunning eye upon her perhaps said jessamine then she added hastily 
and are you able to work upon the land yourself still mr mcgillivray oh i i can plant and hoe and lift potatoes myself vera weel but colin he will be rare at the workin ma'am he looked sideways at jessamine a cunning thought visibly changing his features and he nodded his head more than once indeed said jessamine the old man approached again with his terrifying air of confidence jessamine's little start backward did not discourage him he came and laid a patronizing hand upon her shoulder ay colin will be an awful clever lad when he was a bit bairn and a charge was laid upon him he was aye on the alert oh yes he will just go straight on and you won't be stoppin him he will have the farm when i'm gone ma'am and colin will be a great match ma'am a solid man with money in the bank ay ay i was a savin mon in my day and colin's bonny ma'am bonny still with his hand on her shoulder he looked into her face grinning confidentially yes murmured jessamine faintly the lassies was ever runnin after colin he gave her shoulder a pat as he spoke and then drew back and expanded himself into the joviality of reminiscence i was a great mon for lassies when i was young but that will be a great while ago ma'am yes eighty years i'm thinkin or more but i was ever for lassies and colin will be his father's own son favours me ma'am in his features but he will be quieter yes lassies will be ever runnin after him though they will know a bonny lad when they will see one i was sayin to colin colin i was sayin you'll be choosin a lass one of these days old rory chuckled yes and colin was just laughin old rory bent himself together in a quite inexplicable ecstasy yes said jessamine i'm sayin to him sometimes colin i am sayin you will be choosin a lassie and bringin her home again he approached jessamine and laying the tips of his fingers upon her shoulder stood leaning back and chuckling with a lively mirth she gazed at him with fascinated intensity tracing through his dirt and grotesque manners the curious faint remains of colin's bonniness and grandeur in type of which he had claimed the parentage suddenly he withdrew his hand and crumpled up his smiling features into a shrewder look ye see said he we will be wantin a lassie about the bit hoosie now the old wife she's agin fast and we would be glad very glad of a thumpin lassie to scrub round and gather and hoe a bit but my colin he's slaw i tell ye slaw and canny my colin will be he shook his head with affected gravity and great concern ay my colin's slaw but i'll just be tellin ye i thing and i'd no be tellin it to every lassie my colin will stick a lassie will just be dealin skilful with my colin and he'll stick slaw he may be but he ever was for stickin since he was young 
he surveyed her to see the effect of his words yes said jessamine and i'll tell ye i ither thing my collins i very tender in his feelins good bless ye that was myself when i was young but a mon wears a bit better when he will be eighty year my collin he will be tender and a lassie will just be sayin snap to his snip a lassie will if she was skeelful and my collin he will stick having delivered himself of these predicates old rory drew a deep breath and gazed down at the lassie before him i am rested now said jessamine whose eyes perused the ground and i think the rain has stopped i will go now and i thank you very much rory disentangled his mind with difficulty from its preoccupation and with a very dignified air opened the door to let jessamine pass as she did so she glanced up the staircase which disappeared into some nondescript region above that is your bedroom up there i suppose said she oh na that will just be a make a loft me and my old wife we sleep in the kitchen just for comfort ye see but he added cunningly i'm not for saying that colin wouldn't knock up a bit room upstairs for the lass and the bairnies when they come when colin is married you and mrs mcgillivray will remain here then oh ay returned old rory with the tranquillity of full assurance he wouldn't be turning on his old father and mother whatever no i will go now mr mcgillivray thank you and good-bye good morning to ye ma'am said the old peasant standing on the threshold and involuntarily saluting the high breeding in jessamine i am most pleased to be seeing ye and we will be very pleased if we was seeing ye again End of chapter 20